Hey, good morning, River Ridge Church. Welcome into this place, into this house today where we can come together to worship. We are excited that we could be in this place together. There are so many places that we could be, but this is the place where we feel um, we want to be today, and we are so glad that you are here with us today as well. Um, if you are a guest with us, and this is your first time visiting with us, we're glad that you did. My name is Blair. I'm one of the pastors here. And just to give you a clue of what's going to happen, we're going to be in here about an hour, and during that hour, we're going to sing some songs. Uh, we'll hear a few met, uh, announcements about things that are happening around this place, and then we'll uh, close it out with a message, um, kicking off a brand new series this week called Wiser, and so we're excited about that. Glad that you guys are here. One thing that might be helpful for you as a guest, um, if you go to any of the app stores and download the River Ridge Church app, you can find out who we are, a lot about, about us as a church, and find out what's going on around this place. But now we're ready to get worshiping, so I wanna invite everybody to stand up this morning with me today. And listen to this as it encouraged me this morning. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people. And it's with that that we worship this morning. Let me pray for us. Thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you for loving us. We love you, God. Amen. Hey, welcome to the Ridge. After way, mercy riding again and again. Your love will find us, you're never far away. Battles behind us, battles within. God, you are for us, so what stands against? We have this promise, you're never far away. In the darkest night, see your goodness, God. Favor on our lives, everywhere we go, your grace is on our side. Oh. 
are so thankful that we are clay and you are not finished with us. You are our potter. We are so thankful for that. Just beyond the clouds oh. 
Jesus. 
believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection and we will rise about that second song there that we were singing and that that God is not finished with us yet he he is not finished with us he is still working on us and I think about all my failures and faults that I have and I am I am grateful for that truth that he is still working on me uh, in that way and that it's not me that's working but he is the artist he is the artist and he is the sculptor and he is the one who designs me the way I am and it really tied for me a lot to what Chad was teaching last week on on the passage of the 5,000 and Jesus basically said, bring me what you got, bring me what you have and I will take it from there. And so it does make me think that we, we both offer up what we have, but we offer up who we are and then God takes it from there. Um, and that's a pretty amazing truth for sure. Hey, as you get ready to grab your seats, you can turn to the people around you and welcome them into this place this morning. And as we continue our worship, both in our song that we offer up to God at this point, this is what we have, our singing, but we also um, have an opportunity to worship God through giving back. And so we offer up this and watch God do more with it. And so each week it's, it's worship for us. It's an opportunity for us to stop and to pause and to think God has invested in us in so many ways. He's given us so much. And as a result of it, we wanna give back so that others might experience that truth as well. We try to make it really easy. So there are lots of ways that you can give and you can see them up on the screens now. Or if you brought cash or checks, you would just hang on to those until the end of the service and drop them in the box. If you're one of our guests this morning, the only thing we ask you to do at this point is to fill out the connect card that's in the chair backs in front of you. And then you can drop that off on the way out as well in one of those boxes. Let me pray for our offering this morning. God, I thank you so much for this moment, this place in time, this place to be, uh, where we can uh, shut out the rest of the world, where we can sit and be together here in this place as we recognize the truth about you and what you have done and who you are. Um, God, I thank you for the truth that you are still working on me, uh, and it's not my responsibility to change but um, or, or to do the changing. It's just to bring myself to you, God, and allow you to continue to turn me into the workmanship and the created uh, for good works that you've called me to. God, I pray that for us as a church and we offer this up to you now, this offering, um, so that others might know that truth and that we know that in your hands it can do so much more than in our hands and so we trust you with it. We love you, God. Amen.
everyone, my name is Carol, and this is what's happening around the ridge. Big Kick Soccer Camp has always been a chance for us as a church to invest in the lives of our friends and neighbors and invite them to participate with us. And many of you might actually be here today because someone invited your kid to attend Big Kick. And if you haven't heard about Big Kick yet, it is our annual soccer camp. We provide free soccer camps in the community as an outreach to create an opportunity for kids to connect with one another and with God. Big Kick will be June 6th through 9th at Valley Park here in Hurricane. Big Kick invitations will be available in the lobby today as well as in your child's ministry area. So grab a couple of invitations and invite some friends to come experience the community of River Ridge. And after two years of canceled short-term trips, we are so excited that this summer we have two Go Global teams heading overseas, one to support our partners in Colombia and the other to support our partners in Germany. Join us for our Global Missions Night of Prayer on May 25th at 6.30 p.m. as we pray with our teams, worship together, and enjoy some dessert. We will have some childcare provided, but children are also welcome to join in and participate. We look forward to sending off our teams with prayer and support. Last week, Chad asked what it would look like for us each to take a step in being a humble, available servant. We celebrated the fact that over 400 of you already serve here in some capacity at River Ridge. We also want to celebrate that we saw 60 of you take your next step in joining what God is doing through our church. If you missed last Sunday and you're interested in taking your next step towards serving, it is not too late to join the movement. In fact, we still need 20 of you to join in. Our Ridge Kids team is still looking for 20 people to join them in serving our kids here on Sunday morning. So scan the QR code below or stop by the table in the church lobby to meet up with the ministry leader. And now let's kick off a brand new series called Wiser. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see all of you this morning who are here in the house. And I always wanna say hello to those of you who are watching online and joining us wherever you are. Thank you for doing that. And we're just grateful that you allow us to be a part of your journey with God. Again, we are here and we exist to help you take the next step. And so that goes for anybody and everybody wherever you are with God. And as we come in here to celebrate Jesus and worship God, we pray and hope that that helps you see the next steps that you can clearly take with him. That's, that's what we wanna be about. We wanna partner with you, partner with God in that journey. And if we haven't met, my name is Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, before we get to the message, I do wanna say something. I'm really actually excited uh, about uh, bringing up to you and, and launching for us uh, we're gonna start, we're gonna start a brand new ministry that's coming up and, and we are going to get to partner with the foster and adoptive community, not only just locally, but also in, in a network way. Uh, so May, if you didn't know, May is National Foster Care Month. And so we thought during this month that we would uh, announce 
the, the initiative that we're gonna start in the fall. We're gonna start this in the fall and we're gonna launch this and we're gonna call it Foster WV. And here's our vision that we have as a church. We, our vision is that we wanna create a ministry that partners with this community in a way where we can be an encouragement, uh, support, and a, a team of prayer uh, around the children and families in foster and adoptive care. And just like every family, who couldn't use that? You know, and so we believe uh, that foster families need others uh, to walk alongside of them, to know that they got people uh, behind them and, and walking with them in their journey, uh, not only as families, but also in their journey with Christ. And so we feel like God has positioned us in a way, and I'll talk about this just for one second. We, we really believe that, that we can do something. We, we just have this, this thought with God that we can do something. And we do actually have quite a few families in our church family who are foster and adoptive care families. We just feel like God has put us in this position and we know that a lot of you are a part of it. And we also know that a lot of you are part of this, uh, not maybe directly, but you're also supporting that already. Um, and so we just believe God is uh, giving us an avenue and we just, we're gonna take that avenue and uh, just let him work with that. And so here's what we're gonna do. Again, we're gonna start this in the fall, but th the first step that we we need to take is this. We need to recognize and, and know all of the foster and adoptive care families in our church. We know of quite a few, but, but I'm sure that there are some that we don't know of. And so if that is you, we need to hear from you. We need you to get connected with us because you are gonna be a huge part uh, of how we're gonna set the table for the ministry that we believe God wants to do. So it's really important if you are a, a foster care family, an adoptive family, uh, that you sign up for this. And here's what we're gonna do. The first thing we're gonna do is gonna be a round table, a foster WV round table on Tuesday, May 24th. Write that down. Tuesday, May 24th. Um, and so if that is you, we, we want you to be a part of that. So scan that code if that's you, if you are an adoptive or foster care family. Uh, you could also go to riverridge.tv slash fosterwv. One more, Foster WV. Um, and, and we need to get you together first. So the, A, we could talk to you about some things and B, that you can help us, uh, help us understand what is it that we want God to be doing. And so we wanna hear from you and see how we can get moving to support, best support our foster families in our community. Sound good? Yeah, I'm really excited. I think this is gonna be a great thing that God wants to do. And so if you are a family uh, in our community that does that, please, please sign up for that, for the round table. Make sure that you get to be a part of that. We'll be talking about that over the next several weeks, but make sure you do that. We're looking forward to what God's gonna do there. Uh, all right, let's get going. Uh, we are starting today a brand new series that we are calling Wiser, where we wanna take some areas of our lives, some common areas of our lives. And here's the big idea. I want us as a church and as people who are just trying to follow after God uh, to get wiser in life through what God has to say about it. I think that's a pretty, pretty good thing to do. So we're gonna take a look at what God has to say about some things so that instead of us saying, I'll get wiser next time uh, in that relationship, in that thing, in that decision I make, then instead of saying next time, we can actually find ourselves saying, I'm gonna be wiser this time. And so I think that's a pretty good idea. So that's what we're going to do. And here's the good news uh, about the Bible. The good news about God's word is that it's not just the story of God and his plan plan for the redemption of his people. That is primarily what the Bible is about. It's not really, it's about God and, and the story of his redemption plan for us and Jesus. But on top of that, he blesses us with his word to show us really great things to follow in what he has to say. Incredible resource for God's plan on how our entire lives should work. And so one of the things that you'll find 
as you study the Bible, and I'm praying and hoping that you do, we, we set you up a few weeks ago to do that. Get a plan, get through the Bible, start reading the Bible. It's just as easy as saying, I'm gonna read this book in the next blank weeks, and when we get done with that, I'm gonna start reading the next book of the Bible. But as you do that, here's, here's what you're gonna find, here's what we know. As you study, regardless of wherever you are with God, here's what I know you'll do. You will find yourself just kind of nodding your head and what God has to say about a lot of areas of life. And, and so that's what we're gonna do uh, in, so many, in so many ways. And, and there are areas that all of us encounter, that all of us experience, as we all are trying to figure out how to navigate through our lives. And so over the next five weeks, uh, we're gonna look at how to get wiser in some common areas of life. And today we're gonna start by looking at getting wiser at work. Getting wiser at work. I don't know if you wanna hear this or not, when we open the can, we spend, on average, 90,000 hours working in our lifetime. Don't leave yet, all right? So, now, here's what that means. For some of us, for some of us, uh, you're thinking about that, and you're like, well, I'm, I'm halfway, I'm over halfway there, and that's not that bad. I, I think I can get it. And that's me, I'm, I'm about at that line. I'm about halfway in, I'm 21 years into my work life, and so I can see the end of the tunnel, and it doesn't look that bad. I think everything's gonna be, now some of you wish I never said that. Some of you don't even wanna do the math, and you just wanna get back to worshiping and wish I didn't say that, okay? I know that that's where some of you are as well. Uh, but work is a pretty dominant thing in, in pretty much all of our lives. Our lives revolve around work. Think about it. You gotta get up to work. You have to wake up for it, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you think about work even when you're not working. You, a lot of people move for work and we lament about work. I started looking up some things about work. Did you know there are thousands of songs about work? Thousands of songs Mostly negative. All right, here's, I found songs titled Leaving Work, Working for the Weekend, I Don't Want to Work, Working for the Man, and uh, the not-so-subtle song, Take This Job and Shove It. Uh, <laughs> you know who sings that song? I'm not making this up. His name, Johnny Paycheck. Best name in the biz right there. I don't take this job and shove it. But here's, here's where I want to go and where I think God wants to take us. If we're going to spend about half of our waking time working, then we need some wisdom in the workplace, everybody. We need to get what God has to say about it, uh, whatever it is we're doing, and wherever it is uh, we are doing that. And so let's get going and see if God can bring some wisdom in. Uh, it's going to be really simple. A couple big ideas uh, and then one big thing to do. And so hopefully this will help us bring some wisdom in the workplace. So if you do have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and open them up to, we're gonna be in Ecclesiastes chapter two. We're gonna be in a few places, so it, it would be good to, if you do have your Bibles, open them up or get your app out there so you can maybe highlight or underline something in there. So Ecclesiastes two, and here's where I wanna start today. And it's super simple, where I wanna start. It's really simple, uh, but I think many of us, uh, we have a hard time believing what we're going to read, what we're about to see in this simple statement. So we're gonna just... Spend some time talking about what this says, okay? So here's what Solomon says uh, in, in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24. He says this, he goes, so I decided, and what that means, he's like, I, I try to live life every kind of way. And he goes, and here's what I came to a conclusion. I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. And so here's what Solomon is saying, the simple statement. What he's saying is a key to finding satisfaction in your life is actually finding satisfaction in work. 
To which a lot of us would probably say, I could, I could go with that if, if I find the right job and, and if I'm lucky, right? And that's what we would probably say, man, if you're lucky to find the right place, then I can go with that. But here's what Solomon doesn't do. He doesn't just stop there. He actually keeps going because he says, in fact, I realized something. Not just to find satisfaction in work. I realize that finding satisfaction in work isn't just a goal. It's actually bigger than that. I came to realize that work is a pleasure and that it is a gift from the hand of God. To which we would say, come over to my job for a day and see if you say that, man. Uh, Come to my house, do some laundry, uh, take care of the kids and clean up whatever it is that I just clean up. I don't even want to know what it is. And tell me that it's a pleasure to be doing that because I don't know what that substance was. You know what I'm saying? That's what a lot of us would say. We're, we're kind of still on Johnny Paycheck's side. You know, we want to shove it. And so let's talk about how we get there. Let's talk about how we could bring some wisdom in. What does it look like to bring some wisdom in at work to where we can get somewhere where this is something that isn't just the J-O-B, but it's something that is a pleasure and it is satisfying to actually do and more fulfilling. And, and here's a spoiler as we get into this. this. This gang, this has way more to do with you and God and getting your mind straight than whatever it is you're doing. And we're, we're gonna talk about that for a few minutes, okay? And just so you know, uh, before we get into this, I just feel like I need to tell you this. Uh, I have not always been in full-time ministry. Uh, I spent 12 of years of my life as a civil engineer and two years as bivocation engineering and uh, uh, being in the ministry. And so I, I just want to say I've had the 40 plus hours at the desk. All right. I've had bosses, both cruddy and great. All right. I've, I've had, I've had coworkers as well. Some of whom I want to take the co-work out of, you know what I'm saying? Like I've had that. And, and so I've been there. I've been there. I, I've had to attend useless meetings. I had to deal with office politics. I've had my faith stretched where I'm like, boy, that's something I, I can't get into. And I've, I've, I've had those instances where it was really tested or to get I was tempted to get sucked into something that I'm like, this is not what God would want. Uh, I've had ups and downs. Uh, I've had cases of the Monday. I still have cases of the Mondays, but I'm saying like, I've been there. And uh, the, my point is that I've been there and I know, but, but here's what I also wanna say. By the blessing of God and by me understanding a little bit about work in, in my life with him, I've also found myself in those spots with amazing opportunities to allow God to work, to, to see what God could do and bring real God impact in the workplace with bosses and coworkers that I had the privilege of working with. And, and in my experience as a Christian and in the workplace and talking to others out there, some of you who also do this as well to bring a God influence in their job, there is a way we can all get there. There is a way with God's help that we could find this, this pleasure and satisfaction and work with no matter where you are and what you're doing. And so to get, to get going, one of the things that we need to start with is I think we need to kind of wrap our minds around sort of the business of work and where it got started. Because I think sometimes we, we miss uh, this idea and I think Christians don't have an understanding that we were actually created to work. That we were created to work. Believe it or not, work uh, was not a punishment sent down from God because of sin, all right? Um, now, some of you may disagree with that, with wherever you are right now, uh, but this is true. Work was given to us before the whole sin thing happened, and it was and it is still intended to be something that produces really good things, really good things. Uh, in Genesis chapter two, this is where you see it. We're gonna look at that if you wanna flip there. But, but in Genesis two, uh, we're kind of caught up in some of the things that God created. That God created the heavens, he created uh, earth, he created land, and then he made rivers. And from that, it says, came vegetation and growth. And this is what it says in Genesis two, uh, verse 15. It says, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to 
Now work it and take care of it. And so here's what we see, everybody. It's really important that we see that while everything was still good, that God created work, that that was in his good plan. Uh, but by the time we get to the next chapter, didn't take very long, one more chapter, Genesis 3, uh, this is when sin came in, and then everything got messed up, everything got fractured, everything became broken, including work. And so here's what God says when sin entered about work. God said to Adam, he said, hey, cursed is the ground because of you. Through, now here's what he says, through painful toil you eat from it in all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. And so God now says, okay, man, I, I made this good and now it's cursed, like this land is cursed. There's gonna be thorns and thistles and you're gonna sweat for work. Now, if you go back into Genesis 2, there was no sweat involved in work. I didn't see the word sweat at all. And so something changed. It was different. Work was different uh, after the fall. But now, after the fall, work is broken. And the things we work with and the people who we work with are all broken. And so that's where paper cuts come from. Okay, that, just so you know... <laughs> That's cursed, okay? That's like, if you're wondering why such a little thing could cause such a big problem, God is like, that's the curse, all right? That's the paper cuts and bad tippers and jerk customers and frozen computer screens come from, everybody. Uh, and so follow me here. Here's where we're gonna, this is where we gotta start before we get into a few ideas. One, we were created for work. Two, that it was made before sin, before the fall. It was a good thing for us to do, but now it's broken. But here's what I'm gonna put forward. It's still a good endeavor. It is still a good thing. It's not a secondary thing that should be looked at as like a nuisance of life. Uh, so that job, that career, this stuff that we're doing is still meant, this is what I'm gonna put forward, to meant to be good for your soul. It's meant to be good for our souls. But because it's broken, here's why we gotta talk a little bit. Here's where we're gonna go today. Our approach makes all the difference. Okay, that's what we're gonna talk about today. Because it's broken, our approach really matters, okay? That in that job you have, in that truck that you drive, you know, that desk you sit at, the home you're keeping with the kids, the college that you are in, uh, and all those things uh, which are broken now, here's our question. What should our approach be to find the secret of bringing pleasure and satisfaction that God wants to have? And here's the tendency, is what we're gonna talk about. The tendency is to do two things. And both of them are broken. That's the thing. Our tendency with broken stuff is to do broken things. And that's what leads us to not experiencing satisfaction and pleasure that God says work can be. So, so we're gonna look at two uh, flawed ways, two defective ways that we approach work. And this is, here, here's the thing. This is nothing new. In fact, the phrases that I'm gonna use are very common phrases, but it was kind of neat as I started going through this and looking at those phrases, I found the flaws right in those phrases. And so that's what I'm gonna use in, in these common phrases to, to let us see where the flaws are and then maybe get us to another way to go because I think they're gonna become clear. So if you have your notes, go ahead and grab those. Get those out. Uh, three big ideas today. So here's the first defective way that we approach work. And it actually comes from a mentality that seems to be positive. It actually seems uh, to even be godly. It does. It, it's real because it looks on the outside uh, like you love your job. Like you love your job, that you're determined, uh, you have purpose, that you're, that you're motivated to produce, you wanna keep producing, but, but here's where it gets defective. It gets defective when people, someone around you wouldn't say that you're just good at your job, but that you kinda like it a little too much. 
that you love it a little bit too much. So if you're taking notes, here's the approach that, that you don't just love work, but it's that you live to work. That's the first flawed approach to work is that you live to work. Now, we gotta be careful in this one. Here's why we gotta be careful in this one because when you read the Bible, I hope you do, uh, pretty good idea to be reading it, and you're gonna come across a lot of things that God says about work. He talks about work, Jesus talks about work a lot. And what you're gonna find is that in most places, he talks about being diligent, don't be lazy, add value, work hard, you know, all, be proactive. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you just did those things right there, you will set yourself apart from 90% of the people you work with. Amen, everybody? I know it. Like, if you just did those things, so that's right. But, but we gotta be careful in this because what he's also saying is, yeah, but, but don't worship work. Don't let work be your worship, okay? Because some of the cautionary tales that I know some of us in here would say is that there are people who love work a little too much and it affects their relationship with others and it also affects them in other ways. And, and so God is saying here, hey, don't live to work. Work hard, yes, work hard, but don't worship work. Don't let your identity be wrapped in what you do because your identity isn't in what you do. It's who God is in you. So don't love work more than God or your family. Here's how he says it in Proverbs. This is what he says in Proverbs 23, 4. He says, okay, so don't toil to acquire wealth. Again, that's not the issue, but it's the toil. He says, be discerning enough to desist. Be discerning enough to desist. I think uh, for a lot of us, and again, I'm, you know, I'm kind of going through these two extremes so we can kind of maybe find ourselves in, in different areas of this, but I think for a lot of us, because maybe you are a type A, or you are a get it done kind of person. And that's a blessing from God, I think. I think God uh, loves that. But it's so easy though to fall into the trap of, of your identity and significance coming from what you do. It's just because it's easier for you to do it. It's a passion you have. You just want to get after that and get it done. And, and how your life goes though, this is where you find yourself in a little bit of a danger zone with God. How your life goes kind of is how your job goes. And your satisfaction goes with how your promotions go. And God's like, that's, you're not going to find life that way. You're not gonna, that's a dangerous place to be with, with the ups and downs and the promotions and successes of work. God never set up a career to define your life. He never set up a career to define your life. And don't hear me wrong, it's okay to be successful. It's absolutely okay to be climbing a ladder, to love your job, to achieve the pinnacle of the industry but not at the expense of God in relationships. That's what God is saying. Studies show, I was looking at some studies Studies show that people who consistently, again, just consistently all the time, over time, average more than 50 plus hours of work uh, a week, see overall physical and mental well-being take a dive. There are higher percentages of depression, increased risk of heart attack and anxiety. And, and so what this is saying is what God is saying, that you're not gonna find life in work in this heart. You're just not going to find it. And your job does not exist to bring you that kind of identity or significance that only Jesus can bring everybody. That's why he came. He came to give you that fulfillment. The only identity that lasts and gives life is what you find through the God that you serve, not the occupation you have. And that's what God wants to say here. So, so here's what I wanna do in this one. A couple of questions I wanna ask you just to help you along with where you're at, at in this because most workaholics would never say they're a workaholic, okay? So I'm just gonna help you a little bit. A um, couple questions. <clears throat> Can you unplug from email? Can you take a rest from the office? I love the phrase in here, being discerning enough to desist. I love that because this asks the question, do you know when to check out and go home? And I mean check out. Like just check out, go home. When to turn the phone off, when to relax. 
I'm gonna tell you something. God has just as many calls for you to rest than he does for you to work. So that's some, some things to work on in this area if you find yourself in that place. That's not the approach that will bring you life and fulfillment and satisfaction, no matter how much you think it will. Here's the other approach. Here's the other approach uh, that's flawed, and it's the approach not of living to work, but working to live, that I work to live. You ever hear that? I hear that all the time, right? I work to live, man. I'm not living to work. I just got stuff to do. I got bills to pay. I got all that stuff out there, man. So I'm, whatever it takes to get the things I need to do out there, then so be it. This is the uh, working for the weekend mentality. And, and so I wanna talk about this. And a lot of people have that. Uh, and I'm guessing, here's my guess. <clears throat> then again, trying to figure out where you land on these, these extremes. My guess is that I don't think people intentionally wanna land there, but I'm guessing that some things might've happened along the way to put you there. And it didn't start out with this, but it just lands you there. Maybe, you know, maybe you came into this, wherever you're at right now, you came into this thinking, ah, it's temporary, it's a temporary deal. I'm not, you know, I won't be doing this forever. And then you blink, it's been 20 years. And now it's a career and you never planned that. And it's not that you hate it, but it's just, you, the passion was never there. And it's just like, I don't have a whole lot of passion for what I do. There's, so you don't put as much energy in that you know you could. <clears throat> maybe it's that. Maybe, maybe you're in this mentality because it's people, right? Maybe people are bringing that mentality. You wonder, you know, why, right? Maybe some of you are like, why did God put me in the middle of this cluster bomb of people with drama and issues and crazy stuff. Like, am I on a reality TV show and I didn't know it? I, I, you're looking around for the hidden cameras, okay? And so you're like, I'm gonna be here as long as I need to be and I'm out, you know? So maybe that's it. Maybe it's people that, that are causing this to say, I'm just, I'm here and I'm out. You know, maybe it's also at one point that you did put effort, you did put passion in this. You, you wanted to progress things at work, but you just didn't get noticed. You know, you got passed over, uh, didn't make a mark that you thought it would. And then Lois over there who does nothing and, and getting the ax, and so that doesn't help you because uh, Lois is just sitting there. And, and so it doesn't, it causes, I'm sorry if your name's Lois, uh, but it causes you, I don't know any Loises except for my aunt, she doesn't live here. So anyways, um, Lois, oh no, not that Lois. Lois. But I'm just saying, it gets you jaded. It gets you jaded. There are all kinds of reasons. There are all kinds of reasons. But, but, but this one, gang, this one's easy to see the flaw in it. It's easy to see the flaw in it. Because, man, I just to see this, I don't have to tell you this is such a miserable way to, to spend your 90 plus hours, 90,000 plus hours of just living or just working to live. Uh, here's where, and, and, and find ourselves there. Here's what God has to say here. He says, okay, so, so if you find yourself there, here's what's gonna end up happening. That whoever slacking his work is a brother to him who destroys and, and here's what God is saying here is, you don't want to be there, but this is what ultimately happens if you're in that mentality and, and approach to work. And he's saying, man, don't, don't do that because, because that's just not the way that I made you to spend the hours of your existence. So those are the two flawed ways that we approach work. And, and, but those, here's what I'm gonna tell you. Those are not the only ways that we approach it. There is uh, another way. Uh, there's a third option. And it's the way that God wants us to see it and the way that God wants us to be at work because we cannot let those broken ways be the approach that we have, all right? There's a better way and it's this. It's to believe, it's to believe something. It starts with believing that God does have a plan to make work fulfilling, that he does have a plan to make it influential and meaningful in a person's life. Uh, God can absolutely get us there because he said that it, he can get us there. And if he can't get us there, that's not a great God. But he did say that he could get us there. And so here's the approach that we can write down. It's not that I live to work and it's not that I work to live, but it's this, is that I get to live and work for Jesus Christ. 
It's that I get to live and work for Jesus Christ. And, and gang, I'm telling you right now, I know that that's just a sentence, but I wanna talk about this for the rest of our time, all right? That, that, that our approach, our approach in this, here's what it brings in, everybody. I don't know if you saw it or not. It brings something flawless into a broken system. It brings something perfect into something that is imperfect. That's the key. That is the absolute key. I wanna talk about this because here's what happens. This is the reality of people who are in this approach. There is, I'm telling you, a shift There is a shift that takes place in a person who comes at work with this approach. It's truly something that resets, and we're gonna see this in their hearts and in their minds when they approach work this way. And so I wanna give us, here's what I'm gonna do in this one. I'm gonna talk about this and give you a few verses to chew on with that statement, that I wanna live and work for Jesus Christ to help this along with the wisdom that God wants you to have in your approach to work. So a few verses that you wanna think about. So the first place, if you have your Bibles, jump to Colossians. Go to Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three. So here's the first place that we're gonna go. I love this because this is such a great, this just kind of defines that statement of living and working for Jesus Christ. We're gonna be in verse 23, and here's what it says, that, that whatever you do, including work, including work, that you work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You, and this is, the, this is like the linchpin, you are serving the Lord Christ. And so as we think about the approach of, of getting to live and work for Jesus Christ, here, here's the first perspective that we get to have and causes the shift uh, in this approach, that for Jesus followers, all right, for Jesus followers, when it comes to work, it is so critical that you see that for us, whatever it is you're doing, no, no matter what the job is, here's what God wants you to know. God wants you to know that you do it not for people. You're not doing it as something that you're serving people and you are doing it first and foremost for God and that you are, here's what you gotta see, you are noticed by your heavenly father and his presence and his blessing will be poured out on you in this kind of approach and mentality. That is the heavenly reward, that he will bless you and enrich you and do that when you come about this approach. And so, so here's what's so good on this one. Even when you don't get noticed, even when you're like, I'm not sure what the purpose of this job is at all, even when your efforts are getting seen around the office or you think what you're doing doesn't matter, that God's eyes never leave what you're doing. That's so neat to know. His eyes never, ever leave you and you are always noticed by God. And so it's so vitally important uh, that you look at how you approach work, if that's true. Uh, And so when we work, when we work, uh, we work as for the Lord because God's eyes are honest and we wanna honor him in everything we do. And that's what is so good about that. So that's the first perspective that causes the shift. Here's the second place I wanna go and it's something that Jesus says, and I love this. Uh, It's in Matthew 5. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16. And he says, so he says something about you that, that you have in you. And it's because of him. He says, you got a light in you. You got a light in you. And here's what he says when it comes to work. He says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and do what? And then they will give glory to your father who is in heaven. And so Jesus is saying this. I love this. Jesus says, so you work, you work not so they'll give you a promotion. Not so uh, they'll glorify your work ethic or say that, man, you're such a great gal. Not so that they'll give you a raise. And all that's good. 
Like all that is something I think you should absolutely go after, but that is not the point of what Jesus is saying and why God wants you to work. Jesus' point is this, that is, if you are a follower of him, that he wants you to do your work in such a way where people see how you work, not see your beliefs, but just through how you actually work and they connect the dots between your work and your heavenly father. And they'll recognize him through what you do. And in that one statement, Jesus has given you the whole reason why he made work. It's awesome. It's, it's an amazing, and, that, and I'm telling you, that is that your witness, that your witness is in your work. Your witness is in your work. And, it's, and it's so therefore, it's not even, this is why it's so important to understand, it's not even about your job because it's about kingdom work wherever you are. And this is such a shift. Such a shift for people who get this. Because this means, this means you don't even have to love your job to find real satisfaction. You, catch me on that. You don't even have to love your job to find satisfaction. I figure a lot of some, some of you are here thinking about your job. And you're thinking about why did God put me there? And I'm not sure that I really do love my job. It's not my dream job. But you have to catch this. Jesus is saying, yeah, but you're still the light in that place. And you still got work to do. And it's a better work. It's a work while you work. There's a greater purpose that you are serving. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you for so many people right now, if you're listening to me, that job you have is not what's wrong. It's not what's wrong. I know some of you don't believe that. Some of you may need a career change. I don't know. I mean, some of you may need that to happen, but, but if you don't wind up understanding the root, the root of how God made you, what he made you to do, and the connection that, that people should have with you and God, and it starts with God and you, you will be searching your entire life to find satisfaction and pleasure in the 90 plus thousand hours that you're doing, and God laid it out so clearly for you right there. I'm telling you, it's not about that. It's about having the right mindset, right heart set. And so here's where I wanna end. Here's where I wanna end. Uh, we're calling this wiser at work, okay? So I thought about this and, and, I, and I thought, what do we do? Maybe I wanna give some like, you know, 10 things you do uh, at work. And so I thought, you know, it'd be good to give you a list. And then I chiseled it down to five things that you should do. But I started looking at that list and there was nothing wrong with the list, but it was, I mean, I hope you know, so like, don't cheat, all right, great. You know, I say, they were kind of straightforward of what God would not want you to do and what he would want you to do. Uh, but God put me in another direction. And I, I like the direction that he sent me. And not that that list was off. It was actually good, but I'm hoping you know what I had on this list. It was pretty straightforward and easy. Uh, but but I, here's what God showed me. It's one thing. It's one thing. And if you could do this one thing every day, that list of 10 things will get accomplished every single day. Everything, it's one thing. So if you, if you wanna bring wisdom into the workplace, if you wanna get yourself positioned in a way, uh, in the right approach, then the biggest thing you need to do, and, and it's really cliche, but the biggest thing you need to do is this. I want you to think about this with, with how you do this, and then I want you to try this uh, with an understanding that I'm gonna lay out here that many people miss, okay? Here it is. Every day, every day, you need to start work before you get there with God. That every day you start, before you get there with God, that you start your day, here it is, with getting two things in the right place, all right? Your heart and your mind. That you get your heart and your mind in the right place. And I'm gonna show you where we see this. This is in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, and it says this, since then you have been raised with Christ. You are setting yourself apart. He has set you apart. So now live this out is what he's saying. So... Set your heart on things above, 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And so every day, here's what we do. And I'm telling you this list will get accomplished. You don't even know what the list is. You don't need to know it. But every day, we start out work by doing this, gang, by praying for our hearts and praying for our minds to be set on God and not earthly things. That's it. That's it. But we, here's, here's the understanding. This is what's really important and what I think we miss. This is where a lot of people miss this approach. I don't know what happens in the middle of the night. I have no idea what happens when we're sleeping. But this specific prayer is only good for one day. It's like a one-day ticket, okay? That's a, it, I don't know what happens. Like at midnight or one o'clock a.m., God goes, boop, and, and hits the buttons. And so you can't do this once a week. And I think that's where we miss it, gang. Like you're gonna start off tomorrow and do this. And I'm gonna say, what about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? What about the weekend? Getting ready, man. Say, God, this is your kingdom work. So, so we can't miss that, man. So you have to set it every day. And so what do we pray? Andy, I hear you, set my mind and my heart right. What is it that I pray to get this going? So if you just drop down to verse 12, uh, God helps us. He says, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is just in the next couple, verse 12 to 14. I only did 12 here. He says, so here's what you do. And I love the imagery of this. He goes, so you clothe yourself. Clothe yourself. Put this on. With what? Compassion at work. Kindness at work. Humility. Gentleness and the P word. Some of you might not want to say it out loud right now because you need to repent. You know, patience. And then later on in verse 14, he says, and above all of these things, you put on one more thing, love, love. You put love on. So, so here's what I love about this. That he, I love when he says, clothe yourselves. Gang, last time I looked, every day I got to put some clothes on. You're right, they don't stay on. They don't stay on. I, I gotta do that every day. And I love that idea of what he says every day. Every day. It's just as important as putting your shirt on. It's just as important as, as putting your shoes on. That you put these things on. So you dress yourself just like putting on your clothes. This is a daily decision with work. Daily decision with something you're gonna do most of your life. And I just think it's so, something really important. And so I choose to put it on. And really, guys, I don't have anything better than that to tell you but I'm, I think it'll make a shift in some of you. I think it'll shift some of your mentalities. I think it'll actually shift things from uh, what you're thinking about to who you should be thinking about. And I'm telling you, it'll make all the difference regardless of what you do and where you're at and who you're with and how great that job is or how rough it seems. Most people, most people are looking for satisfaction at work. God has a way to make it satisfying and pleasurable with the right approach. And so here's my question as we end. So tomorrow, tomorrow, this is very practical. What are you gonna change? We all got tomorrow. We all got Monday coming. What are you going to change? What do you need to change? What are some things that you see clearly on that you need to shift your thinking in to bring God's wisdom into the approach that you have? We don't wanna go after those flawed approaches. We wanna go after the flawless one. And he says, there's a way to do it. And so I pray that we do it and we are the light in this community because of it. Let's pray. God, thank you that you did create work, that you made it 
to be a joy. You made it to be pleasurable. You made it to be satisfactory that you put us here to work not only on the earth, but work for you, to work for you and your kingdom. Jesus, thank you for telling us that we are the light, that we only have the light because of you. We only have it because of who you are in us and so that we approach work in a way that brings you in. I just, I wanna keep that vision myself right now. I just wanna keep this vision of seeing you there and saying, man, I, I wanna live and work for you. I wanna live and work for you. I, I wanna, I, you deserve my best because you gave me your best. And so I wanna approach work that way. I pray right now for some of us. I pray for some of us who may be struggling at work, maybe trying to find purpose. I know I've talked to some people about that and God, I pray that you show them the purpose there. It's, it's not what we do. It's actually who we are in you that causes us to make the biggest shift and difference in our lives. I pray that we treat tomorrow differently. I pray that we see some things that need to change and we have the courage, that we have the courage in your name to make that change and pray this out, out loud to you, that we want to set our hearts and set our minds, be made right with you and not set these on earthly things. It will make all the difference. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I pray that God did show you something there. And uh, hey, don't forget if you are a foster adoptive care family, don't forget to sign up for that round table uh, for May 24th. And we'll see you next Sunday for the next thing to get wiser in.